raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Eh, Casey's out today, so I'm going to just do whatever the heck I want. How's that sound? Good? Sounds good to me. Great. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Bradson for Casey today. I was going to talk about Trump, and he had this rally over the weekend, and I don't know, Brad. I just, my heart's not in it. We know, you know Trump. You know what, at this point, I kind of feel like everybody's mind is made up one way or another, and that's fine, whatever way you're going. I think he's going to boat race everybody in Iowa, and then he's going to be the nominee. So, I mean, yes. I just, I just, I just don't. At this point, I just don't find Trump all that interesting. No, he's not all that interesting. As we mentioned, he's kind of on a revenge tour. What I can totally see is him getting the nomination and saying, ah, I don't even <laughs> want to do this anyhow. And so that's part of our job is to is to talk about things we find interesting. Look, Trump's clearly a player. He's going to be the Republican nominee in all likelihood. It's going to be fascinating with these court cases, how they get decided. And it's going to be fascinating how the legal system plays out. And so there's all sorts of things that I, I had it. Casey Godlover, even though she wasn't going to be in today, she'd done like half the template. And so I felt bad about just deleting all the things that she'd put on there. But and then I thought, I just don't, I don't have the heart to do it. My job is to entertain. And so here's what's interesting to me, Brad. And we were talking about this during the, the break. We just have really crappy people running for public office, don't we? We do. We do. All the good ones are off doing something else that's less stressful. and Yeah. I yeah. mean, we, we were chatting about this, and I thought this is a far more interesting conversation to have because we have just really, really bad choices when it comes to our, the people we can pick. And we're talking about Indiana here, but it's true nationally, too. Just there's there's nobody running who you look at and go, what a really inspirational choice, and that really makes me excited about going to vote. Yeah, and I I don't get it. I think some of it is just kind of the tone of politics yeah. right now that you have to have really thick skin to want to get into it. I think there's a lot of people that just don't want whatever their dirt is to be yeah. aired. Um, and there's others who are like, I got better things to do. And they've, they've just kind of ceded responsibility for running our government. The other thing that I don't get, and we mentioned we were talking about this, I mean, there's three political parties in the state yes. of Indiana that are on the ballot. Yeah. And you have fewer and fewer people identifying as Republicans and Democrats, but that is not translating over to support and activity in the Libertarian Party. Yeah, you're right. And I told you, uh, and I said this publicly a long time ago, I'm done helping libertarians. I gave you guys hundreds of thousands of votes in two elections in a row. And so, I mean, like, like right now, all things being equal, I would probably vote for Rainwater just because I think he's the much better choice. But I'm not I'm not going to be that guy anymore, Brad. I mean, the I've done it twice in a row and the libertarians haven't been able to capitalize on anything as a party. And so I'm I'm out on that. But it doesn't mean we also don't still talk about how underwhelming the two old parties options are i mean we were talking about earlier in the show off air banks something happened to jim banks because he used to come off as a pretty decent legitimately good dude yeah who actually cared about ruffling some feathers and shaking things up and you and i were not anyway connected other than you know you're here on this radio show but it's not like we are you know politically aligned at the seams or anything or have this long history together we both observed the same thing 
he has changed dramatically and he is a colossal wimp and is markedly different than he than he used to be and we both came to the same conclusion he sold out in the name of acquiring more power it, it might be exhibit a for turn limits yeah because i knew him when he was in the indiana state senate solid guy small government guy just a nice guy to sit down and have a beer with i've done that a couple times a good dude and then yeah i had him on my uh my chamber chat podcast for the greater lawrence chamber here a couple years ago and i hadn't talked to him in two or three years and i was about five minutes into that interview and i'm sitting here thinking who is this guy yeah i i yeah the jim banks that i do is not the guy that i'm interviewing right now right and it's become very clear. And I love because the one of the reasons we mentioned Banks is he was on the, the newscaster at the top of the hour news about how he's against any spending bill that doesn't do this and that and this and that. And it's like, but you voted for the guy, Johnson, who's the speaker who cut the spending bill. Just like you voted for McCarthy 15 times, who was the guy who cut the spending bill. Just like you voted to save McCarthy, who was the guy who cut the spending bill. So you keep trying to be Billy Badass in terms of, oh, I'm against this because it doesn't. But you voted for the people who you knew or any person with an ounce of common sense knew what they were going to facilitate. Oh, sure. in, in his instance, I think he was trying to call favor because Jim Banks, yep. I think, would like to be speaker. Absolutely. Would have liked to have been speaker. Yeah. Well, and then as soon as he got voted out of leadership when he ran for leadership at the first of last year, if you remember, mm -hmm. as soon as as soon as he got voted down, because apparently the people who he serves around have the same opinion we do about him, which is this guy's a total fraud and a phony and they didn't want him in leadership, he pivots. He's not like, hey, I'm going to stay in here and I'm going to fight for what's what's right. His pivot was, well, I can't be in leadership, so I guess I'll try to become a senator. And thus far, it's worked out pretty well for him. He's got the endorsement of Holcomb. Banks has the endorsement of, of Hupfer. He's got the endorsement, essentially, of Ann Hathaway, the party structure. The state party has endorsed him. And so it goes from a guy in a short amount of time who used to be a lot of fun to have on these airwaves and a lot of fun to talk to. And when I was a fill-in guy, I used to have him on all, all the time for, for different shows, to a guy now who has reduced himself to having to butt-sniff Eric Holcomb and is acting like a petulant child that John Rust might actually get to be on the ballot and provide him some sort of competition. Petition. So, but you just extrapolate this across the board. I mean, the Republicans in the state, who's running as a Republican? Who you're like, thank God that guy's there. Boy, that guy's going to be a lot of fun to cheer for and talk about and 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 support. The five that are running for governor, the five mainstream candidates, there's not any of them who you're like, man, that's going to be great. I really hope that person gets in. Where are all the good people, Brad? There's 7 million people in this state. We can't find any good ones to run. <laughs> They're out there. They're just doing other stuff. Yeah. I, so, I, I got a mailer, and I know a bunch of people didn't. A lot of people are just enraged. We had talked about, uh, I have the great misfortune of being in the 4th Congressional District, which means Jim Baird is my uh, U.S. representative. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a case he had the phrase, franking. I think is the name where you you, you send free mail out. Yes, yes, basically you you use your office and you present mail that is looks like campaign material, but it's legal. It's sent out legally using taxpayer money. And I got one of these from Jim Baird over the weekend. And no joke, Brad. One whole page is just him of pictures of him with people. Yeah, yeah. They call it a newsletter. They call it's so just that, pictures that, of him with people. Yeah, like, that's like a photo can, album. Yes. So it's, that way he can continue to allegedly communicate with the constituents of his district but you're right they they are thinly veiled as a campaign letter i mean it is there is a colossal lack of leadership in this country and in the state and we can't get anybody good to run i mean that has a that has an actual chance to make a difference i 
I don't know, man. I mean, I just look around and it's like, where do you start? How do you even start to make a difference? Because these governor candidates suck. The Senate, I'm not even, people, you know, I can't believe you're supporting John Rust. I'm not supporting John Rust or anything. John Rust may suck as a candidate. I don't know. I support him being on the ballot. If you're going to take his money to fund your elections, I support him, him having the right to run. But I don't know even where we begin, Brad, because like you said, the libertarians, they haven't capitalized on anything. No. They got a free gift in 2020 with Holcomb and all that work Rainwater did, and it hasn't translated into anything. So where's the optimism? Who is out there that you say, that's a person to be really optimistic about? That's a person that gives me hope that we might be able to make a difference. Well, I'm thinking even down to school board. Yeah. I mean, school board, local municipal races. I mean, but but they've rigged though the 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 state has rigged those to where they don't have to declare a party affiliation. You no. have Republican communities. I mean, not again that being a part of the Republican Party makes you better or that you're going to do something good. But in one Republican community after another, where if you look at their city or town councils, if you look at their mayor's offices, if you look at you know the other the county commissioners, they're all Republican. You have these blatantly Democrat leftist people who are running these school boards because for some reason the state legislature thinks it's a good idea that the only office in Indiana you don't have to declare a party affiliation is the school board. And they know there's these Republicans down the street from us. They know that this is happening. They know that these these suburban communities are all run by total maniacs in the school boards and they do nothing to stop it. I don't feel represented at all, Brad. I don't feel represented at a state level. I don't feel represented at a local level. I don't feel represented at, uh, you know, a, a federal level. I just look around and goes, there's nothing for me and no one who actually cares about me and my family. Buddy, as we're having this conversation, I can think of one. Oh. And he's the youngest member of the city county council. Oh. A guy named Nick Roberts. Yeah. Young guy, 23 years old. He's he's a chamber ambassador, which is how I What's know What's that mean? Uh, so he just helps with some of our events. He helps oh. check people in. I oh. mean, oh, but gotcha. he's volunteered. But that guy is like the one person I can point to and say he is in it for the right reasons. He's willing to actually like dig into the budget. He recognizes that other people in his party have been rather lazy, and he's not going to listen and fall in line. I mean, he's like the one guy I can point to, which unfortunately he's young and ambitious and bright eyed. Now he might get. Oh, that'll get sucked out of him. Oh, it'll get quick, sucked man. out of him soon enough. Yeah. However, right I'll now, tell you from experience, right now he's like the one guy I can point to. So that is pathetic that you, you with all the connections, all the people you know, me with the same thing. I can't think of anyone that I'm excited about voting for right now or the opportunity to vote for. And you can think of one person. I can think of one. That sucks. That's horrible. You know who else sucks? Nancy Pelosi. And we're going to play some audio from her when we come back. It's Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Hey, fam. I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. Here I go again on my own. Nancy Pelosi, 
Casey told you the truth over the weekend. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Brad's in for Casey today. Kev's here. Brad, you know this. If you let these politicians speak long enough, they'll accidentally tell you the truth. I mean, they don't really intend to tell you the truth, but it'll actually they'll run out of words. Yeah, exactly. And so Nancy Pelosi, I think she was on the uh, whatever the show is with Stephanopoulos on ABC, ABC's This Week or whatever it's called. Doesn't matter. Anyway, she was talking about dealing with people and she said we should totally speak with respect to people, Brad, because it's an election year. We have people who don't want to believe the truth for whatever attitudes they have otherwise. But again, during this period, this campaign year, it behooves us uh, to speak with respect for all concern in a unifying way to bring people together. We shouldn't we shouldn't be nice to you because that's the or decent or respectful to you because that's the right thing to do. We should do it because it's an election year and we need your vote. Uh, yeah, only this year and only in March and April and October <laughs> on Thursdays from three to five. Yeah, I have uh, I have now started not voting until usually about four or five p.m. in the afternoon election day. That way, people have to lie to be and me and be nice to me for as long as possible. <laughs> That means they're talking to you. Yes. Um, (laughs) And you know what? Uh, I rarely get any candidates. This is one thing that has really changed. I rarely ever get a candidate to come to my door. Now, I'm sure on these lists they have, you can see whose house it is, and they just like, like, yeah, yeah, Rob Kendall, I do. But I know Mike Braun, for example, has been knocking on doors all over Brownsburg. I've gotten multiple mailers from people who have gotten, had these people at the doors, and nobody ever comes to my door. So if you are the person for Mike Braun's campaign who is in charge of knocking on doors in Brownsburg, I desperately want you to come to my door because I have so many things that I would like to discuss with you. It's so many questions I would like answered. And so please, you, I'm on your list. I guarantee there's no more reliable Republican voter than Rob Kendall. Um, please come to my door. Is this and an invitation to Mike Braun to come on these airwaves? Oh, Mike, bro, we'd love to have Mike Braun on. They're way too smart for that. By the way, speaking of Braun, have you seen his ads? Have you seen his TV Yeah, he ads? talks about China and securing the border. and well, I, I assume he means the border with Kentucky. Uh, these ads, and again, it shows how... I mean, we are to blame for this. The po- politicians are basically predators, and they're going to take advantage of, um, you know, wherever you'll allow them to take advantage of. And as a predator, they have recognized that they believe you are stupid enough, they being the brawn people, to not be able to decipher how the stuff he's talking about has absolutely nothing to do with the job that he's applying for. This ad, it looks like he's running for U.S. Senate. It's almost like he just took some Senate stock ad that they had in yes. Hopper, and they're like, all right, superimpose that with for governor, and we're just going to run. Yes. It's, I mean, it's disgusting. It's but how what frugal it, of him to save on production costs. <laughs> but what it tells you is Mike Braun and his people believe, hey, because of name ID, he's got a lead, and as long as people are just going to roll over and vote for this guy no matter what— then there's no need for us to explain to you anything that he intends to do as governor. There's no mention of property taxes, the gas tax, income tax, growth of government, executive orders, uh, none of that. I mean, there's nothing in any of these ads, and they're not going to give it to you because they believe right now, the Braun people, clearly based on the ads he's running, that by simply seeing his face, you will vote for him. And so you get the government you deserve. And this is what I'm talking about. We're talking about people get the government they deserve. If you're just going to give some guy your vote because you recognize his name or you've seen his face or he's a U.S. senator, then 
unfortunately, the rest of us have to suffer along with this, but you're going to get the government you deserve. Mike Braun was a big tax member of the Indiana General Assembly. He raised taxes more than 40 times in 2017. He voted for the largest tax increase in Indiana state history. And yet, for some reason, there are four people running against him, and none of them seem to want to run an ad letting people know all these times he voted for tax increases. I have no idea why Chambers or Doden, with all their infinite money, would not run an ad letting people know this. I have no idea. Well, up until now, nobody has run an attack ad against anybody else. And maybe that's because there is no clear front runner. Usually you go after the lead dog, but if there's not a lead dog, there's nobody to nobody to attack. Uh, getting back to Pelosi, um, so she, like I said, you let these people keep talking and they will tell you exactly what they think. She says, Brad, the answer to the immigration issue, you know, we have record numbers of illegal immigrants. Um, it's not a wall. It's not border security. It's more asylum at the border. So we have to handle this with care. We must secure our border, that's for sure. There's no question about that. But we also must honor our responsibilities in terms of asylum and the rest. And the president has that in his proposal. And what they say is, oh, it won't make a difference. No, it will make a difference. Let's get the job done. Let's do it soon. More asylum, Brad. Asylum. Well, one... The people coming across the border don't exactly seem like political dissidents to me. (laughs) And two, I thought there was something that said that you're basically, if you are seeking political asylum, you go to the country closest to the country you're coming from. Yeah, that's correct. So, now, Brad, you're you're giving in factual information out here, and oh. you're going to get in big trouble, and you're going to be called an ist or a phobe. Rob, this sort. will probably be the last time you ever see me. Yeah. I, somebody with the, in, somebody in the black suburbans will be meeting me out front, <laughs> and I'll never be seen again. Uh, one more from old uh, Nance. Again, you let them talk; they'll tell you exactly what they think. She, uh, they were they're talking about Trump and being on the ballot, and she says the states, not not the Constitution, should decide who gets to be president. If you believe he engaged in insurrection under the plain meaning of the 14th Amendment, you believe he's ineligible to be president. Those laws, you know, those are up to the states. They have different laws from state to state. I don't think he should ever have the Constitution. But nonetheless, uh, uh, there is a view of the Constitution in Article 14, Section 3, that he should not be uh, able to run for president. But that's not the point. The point now is um, that, again, different states have different laws. We don't think in California that it, it applied. Uh, in our state. That's what the decision was made here. But anyway, not to go into that because that's very intricate. What is very clear is that the American people want us to honor our oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. So give Stephanopoulos credit there, a random, confused, accidental act of journalism and the truth broke out. He's like, wait a second, lady. The states don't get to decide insurrection. The Constitution is very clear. (laughs) The Congress can decide or the Congress can bestow by two thirds vote, bestow that power to the states. They have not done that. So the Congress is who decides insurrection and nobody has been accused or voted to have committed insurrection. Yeah, you're getting into intricate details there, George. And I don't think that really, I mean, these people have no regard for anything when it comes to rule of law, when it comes to the constitution, they just make it up, Brad, as they go along. They do, they do. Uh, uh, as 
as we were listening to her, made me think, do you think she really read the Constitution? No way. Front to back? No way. There's no, there's no way. There's no way whatsoever. None. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Taylor Swift's people are very angry because someone in the New York Times eluded she might be gay. And this is a very interesting response to this. We'll do a, we'll do a deep dive. It's Kendall and Casey Show. Brad's in for Casey, 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. I'm Rob. Brad's in for Casey today. Kev's here. Brad, question for you. I might have an answer. To the average person, is politics at all interesting anymore? No. Yeah, I tend to agree with you with that. It's, I mean, it should be. It it means a lot to your lives, and it takes a significant portion of your paycheck. But I think the average person, it has gotten to the point where they cannot grasp it, cannot pay attention to it. They have other things on their mind, so they choose to ignore it. Yeah, so th- the reason I ask is because clearly, look, the WIBC audience is a very loyal audience, and it's a wide-ranging audience, and it's some of the people who have been with us for many, many years, and some people who have been with us for a very short time. But the audience here, I think it's safe to say, tends to be far more engaged in politics or government or what's going on with either one or both than the average person. And I, like I was watching the Colts game, and there's whatever it is, 65,000 people or however many Lucas Oil seats now, 60,000, doesn't matter, whatever. I'm watching all these people, and I'm thinking, okay, these people there have probably spent more time tonight engaged in a football game, many of them, than they do in the political process for the entire year. They do. It's because it's fun. Yeah. Occasionally, your team wins. Yeah, And I think a lot of people look at politics as a team sport, which is a problem. Because you get behind a team, and then you're cheering for your team, and it's hard for you to say, my team sucks. Yeah. That's such a great point, because there's we talked earlier about the people that are running and how there's nobody good running anymore. And and I, like, I just can't. I mean, I'm interested in it because it's my job. And so I'm – I mean, there was a time where I used to be very engaged – in supporting actual candidates, like, you know, being for people and knocking on doors for people and going to events for people. I just refuse to do that anymore because every single person, for the most part, I've ever supported has burned me. I mean, I think about that and it's like, I've been burned by almost every single person I've ever supported who will say one thing and then do another. And so while I take a an interest in it because it's my job, there is no compelling reason for me that I would want to be actively involved in it anymore i will say i was i was you were super involved at one point i was super involved at one point not so much anymore i was happy to see this year in lawrence they had a a a very tight race for mayor and council there and i would say both of the candidates who were running for mayor had teams of about 20 volunteers working for them both of them stayed very above board and i I, I'm not going to say that it didn't, that there weren't little snips here and there, but by and large, both campaigns were respectful. Both were enthused. Both had a lot of people engaged. And it had been a while since I had seen campaigns where both sides were like that. And and so I, I mentioned all this because Iowa is a week away. The Iowa right. caucus is coming up. I think it's the 15th. Yeah, I think it's actually a, a week from today. And 
I'm interested in it, obviously, because you know we've covered it for close to a year now, and it's going to happen. And it's kind of a it's kind of a unique process. The way they go about the the caucus process itself is probably the most interesting part about it. But I just look at the candidates, and I look at the 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 world unfolding around us and in front of us, and it's just really hard outside of hey, this is our job, and this is what we do, and we do it well. But if I didn't do this as a job, and it wasn't you know how I earn my living, I'm not sure I would have much of an interest in this because I just don't feel like the candidates are giving me a reason to be super pumped up or excited. Maybe part of it is because Trump hasn't, like in 2015 and 16, it was fun. Like a debate was fun. You were going to watch Trump give some guy a nickname or talk about the size of his hands or who knows what everything was an adventure and, and maybe it's part of it is trump because he's so far ahead has largely refused to engage with the other candidates so that it's almost like there's two there's two things going on and they kind of need each other like there's trump and his rallies and trump's own thing and then there's the rest of the candidates and they're totally uninteresting and trump isn't all that interesting unless he has someone to feud with on the stage right. in front of him. And so in a weird way, they need each other and you haven't gotten them together. So maybe that's why it's just right, not doing exactly. anything. He did not, he did not participate in any of the debates. So yes, there was none of that going on and he's on the spike campaign right now and it's hard to get enthused by that. So, and obviously the Democrat, um, our current president, Joe Biden, is uninspiring even to his own party. So, yeah, there's there's nobody that's out there. I mean, there's no John F. Kennedy. Right. My wife says that often. She's like, where's there John F. Kennedy right now? That's somebody I could get behind. Where did they go? I don't know. Are they? Do they not exist or they just not exist in politics anymore? They, I, they don't exist in politics anymore. Um, the rhetoric has changed. Um, the dignity has largely left politics. Because I wonder, is it like... Were they ever all that great to begin with, or was it because there wasn't an instantly connected world when there was a Reagan or a Kennedy that the perception was fed that they were great, and maybe they weren't all that much different than the people that we see today. Maybe they weren't that much brighter. Maybe they weren't that much better speakers, or maybe they, you know, whatever. Maybe they weren't that much more of an inspirational figure, or were they and they've gone? And I think that's a conversation I have a lot with myself. Have they gone, or did they never really exist to begin with? I don't like, I can't imagine that Taft was a real inspiring person. <laughs> However, Teddy Roosevelt, I think, did inspire yeah. people, which that's somebody that I would have loved to have met. Just, yeah. I mean, the man was fascinating from the day he was born. Um, so, yeah, there's fascinating people out there. But I think any with the Internet now, I mean, you can't hide your sins like you used to be yeah. able to. And so, I mean, people used to be more of an ambassador of who they are. Now you just see them for who they are. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great way to that's a great way to put it. And, uh, you know, maybe that's I mean, that's just where we're at today is we're so divided as a country and everybody knows so much about everyone that you're just simply not going to get that sort of unifying inspirational Reagan or John Kennedy right. type I, of figure in I mean, American society anymore. Think of some of the nominees that we've had. Mondale. Yeah. <laughs> Dukakis. <laughs> Dole. Dole. Yeah. Exactly. There's, yeah. So, yeah. The, I don't know that things have necessarily changed, yeah. but yeah, we're just in a bit of a malaise right now. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, how much trouble is the Attorney General Todd Rokita potentially in? I wanted to find an unbiased, universally respected source. Luckily, I did. 
Indianapolis attorney, one of the best in the business, Mark Rutherford will be with us. We'll have that conversation next. Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. So how much trouble might Todd Rokita be in? The Attorney General for the State of Indiana. Let's talk to one of the best attorneys in the business. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Bradson for Casey today. And we welcome in great, great Indianapolis attorney, universally respected Mark Rutherford. Going to give us a little perspective on how much trouble Todd Rokita might be in as he's back in front of the Indiana Disciplinary Commission for the second time. And all centers around these comments he made on Fox News. And in the response to those comments... Uh, about abortion doctor uh, here in in Indiana. Mark Rutherford, hello. Hello, Rob. Thanks for the nice things you're saying about me. I appreciate it. Okay, so you are a man of the law. You're an esteemed man of the law. You're universally thought of well by everybody. Um, The Indiana Disciplinary Commission, uh, are they an okay organization? Are they people you say, these are very reputable, nonpartisan, just kind of people who are trying to keep law and order in the law profession? Well, I think that overall they're trying to keep order in the law profession. That's their job. They're being hired to basically attorneys and judges, uh, other people, uh, but mostly it's about attorneys who are not following the rules uh, that have been set out by the Supreme Court when it comes to how you act, how you are ethically, etc. They're they're, they're trying to do their job. Um, Every group uh, has its biases. Every group, uh, no one's perfect, but they try very, very hard to play middle of the road, do what's fair. Uh, They have hearings before uh, uh, judges who are, are appointed to hear the hearings by the Supreme Court. And it, it's just like a court of law, other than it's a little bit more secretive than the courts of laws. So this is, I think, what people, uh, you know, there's, uh, you never know about a lot of these things until events like a Curtis Hill or now Todd Rokita happen. And I think some people are saying, is this body too secretive? One of the things Rokita's pushing for is more transparency in the process. But it's actually not, you know, it's not a criminal court of law. Todd Rokita's not going to, go to jail if, if it, the ruling doesn't go his way. And I guess part of it to me is it's like, well, you chose to be a lawyer. You know this thing exists when you sign up. So these kind of are the rules of the road. They are the rules of the road. And the Indiana Supreme Court under the Indiana Constitution has an awful lot of power, especially compared to some Supreme Courts in other states. So they do have this. This is their role. This is a group that they, over the years, have formed to look after attorney discipline and how attorneys are acting and according to their rules of ethics and other rules that are out there. So, again, Rokita initially disciplined with the reprimand for the comments he made on Fox News. He then immediately comes out with a press release.
release saying he basically didn't do the thing that he admitted he did under the affidavit and he only agreed to it because, well, I wanted to save the taxpayers a bunch of time and money. And so people who have filed the new complaint said, wait a second, these things both can't be true. You signed this affidavit that said you did these things. You couldn't defend them if it went to a hearing. And now you're saying you didn't do it. I think he's in quite a bit of trouble, but you're a man of the law. You kind of know these players at the Disciplinary Commission, Mark. What say you? Well, that's an interesting question about what it is. And his role as attorney general is somewhat different than his role as an attorney. I mean, he is an attorney. You have to be attorney to be attorney general, but he's running a very, very big agency that's constitutional in Indiana. So he's got to do all types of things. But the question is, and what's very, very much in the rules for attorneys is tell the truth. So if you have two different statements, the question is, is there a reason why you have two different statements? Are they contrary to each other? And that's a problem that he may have with the uh, disciplinary commission. And uh, the disciplinary commission is following the rules. But now they're in a situation where they believe that he's saying something different that what he basically said, I'm swearing is the truth to them. And uh, th- that that's what the issue is. And they're saying, yeah, we're supposed to keep this secret. Is I think they're kind of saying that. But uh, we want to disclose it. So Supreme Court, let us disclose it so the world can see it. That, that's not being secretive. Yeah, Mark Rutherford's our guest, great Indianapolis attorney. We're trying to figure out just how much trouble Todd Rokita might actually be in. Of course, the Indiana Attorney General back for the second time in front of the Indiana Disciplinary Commission. Rokita's an odd guy. I mean, look, you've, you've run for political office before, so you kind of know how he operates. And I was talking with somebody yesterday. So his new thing, he had to file a response to yes. this new complaint against him. And basically, he accuses this commission of being some partisan organization that is out to get him because of who he is politically. And I just thought to myself, and I said to this person we were talking about, I said, that's a very odd approach to insult the people that help control your destiny. Well, th- that is. It's very interesting, the approach that was taken. Um, uh, I- I've seen other attorney generals in other states with issues like this, and m- m- not always, but mostly their approach is more neutral. No, this isn't a problem. Here's what it is. Or, yes, I made a mistake. Or, or whatever they say is, is way more uh, neutral. The The tone of it, uh, uh, of his response, was, was very, very, in my opinion, political and going after th- uh, the the disciplinary commission and uh, you see that in the law you see that in courts but it sometimes doesn't work and sometimes it gets people in trouble I was very surprised at it but uh, this is a very political era right now and and the attorney general going after the basically the disciplinary commission which is an arm of the supreme court essentially uh, it was very surprising for me the tack that he took yeah so you're a great attorney obviously you've been a distinguished member of the law profession for a, a long time how do attorneys look at a guy like Todd Rokita let's face it he he had a law license which makes him a you know a li- ability to practice law but he never he hadn't been in the courtroom it hadn't been like for years and years and years he'd been there trying cases say what you want about Curtis Hill he'd been a prosecutor for years he'd been in the the courtroom this guy is sort of like a almost a like celebrity type attorney who is a politician who gets this office where really understanding and knowing and respecting the law is kind of the the central theme of the of the job it probably makes distinguished law people like yourself a little angry that this guy's basically turning the attorney general's office into a giant joke well i don't know if he's turning the attorney general's office into a joke that's the concern we all have is he doing that is he taking too aggressive an approach it does he need to just kind of 
think a little bit before he says stuff uh, uh, and the way he says stuff. Those are the issues that are out there. And this is really no different than what we see in the courtrooms. We'll see some attorneys who we think are going too far. Oftentimes, we'll take them aside, and if we have a good relationship with them, we'll tell them you may have gone a step too far. Think about that. You don't want to do that. Do you realize what you were doing? So that's the real question. And for uh, our attorney general, uh, he, he's now going to have the Supreme Court tell him what they think. And the the concern that is out there, of course, is what most of this is new. We had a little bit of it with Curtis Hill and his uh, issues with the disciplinary commission of the Supreme Court when he was attorney general, is, is what, what tactic are they are they going to take? And what happens if they decide to take away his uh, license for anything that he's done? How is this going to affect things? Uh, is he no longer attorney general? Uh, there's all types of really one for a lawyer to figure yeah. out well, what, what's going to happen. <laughs> a couple of minutes left here with Mark Rutherford, great Indianapolis attorney. We're talking about the potential future of, of Todd Rokita. So this is the question, right? Obviously, you've argued cases in court for many, many years. You're very familiar with the Supreme Court and how they how they operate, the decision they've got to make, because initially two of the judges, it appears, wanted to suspend him when he got the reprimand. Though, And one of them is the chief justice right. of the Supreme Court. So they're probably pushing hard for something pretty severe. But this is the balancing act that these judges are going to have to play is this guy's a goof and a buffoon, but he's also elected by the people. And if we if we yank his law license, he can't be attorney general. Are we subverting the will of the people? That's a big question that they're going to have to raise. And this is a huge issue for them on what they do and how they do it and how they decide to resolve this situation. Uh, they're going to be very concerned if they think that there's lying that's going on or uh, very bad uh, behavior and, and approaches, etc. They're going to be concerned about that. But after they decide what that is and how bad it is, then it's a real issue about what do they do. And like you said, uh, the chief justice and one of the other justices uh, were not happy with the last discipline as not being uh, basically tough enough. You ever argued a case in front of these guys, the yes, Supreme Court? I have. What's it like in there? Uh, it, it, it's very, very uh, uh, intense. Uh, they're not no quite, humor. Uh, there can be humor, and I've seen humor. I, I haven't, not for anything I've done in there, but um, yeah, but, but they're respectful, and they're respectful of all the parties, and they take a very professional, very disciplined, very, very good atmosphere that we've got a big issue. Let's be serious about it. Uh, I, I found it a wonderful experience. Before we let you go, one to ten. Ten, uh, he is uh, 911, uh, colossal trouble, panic button. Let's look for a new attorney general. One, this is nothing, and we won't even be talking about it three months from now. One to ten, how much trouble is Rokita in? Boy, that's a hard thing to decide on that, because there's so many ways you can look at this. Uh, no need to go into that, but it's a five or six at least, if not more. But the problem that he has is it could be a ten, and you don't know it till the Supreme Court writes something or tells, says something. Should have hired you on his behalf. I, I, well, I don't know about that, but I'm always, you know, <laughs> hey, here I am. <laughs> the great Mark Rutherford, yes. one of the great attorneys here in Central Indiana. You're the best. Thank you. Oh, thank you. All right, that is going to do it for us today. Thanks to Brad for filling in for Casey. Great job, Kevin, as always, on the board. And thank you to you for listening. Have a great, safe, and happy rest of your Monday. We'll see you back here at Tuesday, 9 until noon. Stick around. Tony Katz coming up next. It's Kendall Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.